Rice this year, again, Rice is not a, a terrible team. They're coming off a win versus, you know, Southern Miss, who's a bit of a mess, but uh, I don't know. I, Rice is always that one team where last year when they played Marshall, Marshall was undefeated, and it looked like, was it around this time last year? I believe so. It was right around the middle of October. December. This, oh, it was December. Okay. A uh, couple months off, but uh, just still, Marshall at that point was didn't have a loss. Rolling. They were rolling, and then all of a sudden, and again, uh, just another similarity. They are away. They're at uh, they're at the Roadrunners. You know, they're they're at UTSA for this game. UTSA has got everything going their way. I'm still going to pick the Roadrunners in this game, but I'm just saying Rice is good for that one upset a year type deal. I mean, they, they got two wins already this year. They've shown some competence. They've shown some life. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. Uh, they're really going to give, I think, the Roadrunners a little, you know, seat's going to be a little warm, but Roadrunners take the victory in this one. I agree. I think Rice can make this one interesting. UTSA, again, has got everything going for them. The offense has been clicking, but despite all that, I think the Roadrunners do enough to survive. They've had a couple of interesting results so far this year, but they'll get it done. UTEP La Tech, final game here. We'll try to make this relatively quick to Ben. UTEP 5-1, La Tech 2-3. I'm going to take La Tech on the road. UTEP has had a good season. It's been a remarkable year, but in a game, in a situation like this, you're at home. I think that helps them, but La Tech's been a good football team, quality opponent, good quarterback, good offense. Bulldogs get it done. I like the Bulldogs, too. I like Louisiana Tech. Even I mean, every game they've played this year has been very close. Uh, they're, they've shown a lot of offensive ability, but their defense has not been really that great. But UTEP wasn't really that scary offensively uh, last game. Uh, their QB was terrible. I mean, he completed seven passes, one interception, lives 127 yards. I mean, still won, but just a really bad night. And their offense has kind of been stalling a little bit, stalling, stumbling. But they've still been able to keep the record up. I just like Louisiana Tech a little bit more. I think that offense is going to waltz on into UTEP and roll them a little bit. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but uh, Louisiana Tech's going to walk away with this one with a victory. All right, that does it for week seven, or week six preview, and then the preview of week here on Inside Conference USA. For Ben Cower, Justin Zimmer, I'm Andrew Rogers. Stay tuned. Sports View with Cross Country and Men's Golf followed by Sports Buzz, gets us through the rest of Sports Night. Thank you for listening to Inside Conference USA on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Tune in again next Wednesday at 5.30 for another episode. been listening to another sports presentation on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage.
Welcome back inside the Xfinity Center here in College this is Park, Maryland. Caleb Happy Bowen you here at the radio Black station. Uh, we're excited. Coliseum. 4.48 to go in the first quarter. Welcome back to Johnny Red Floyd Stadium. Welcome inside the Cole Center, everyone. The Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Music on the radio feel like a wild goose chase. Hey, goose! <coughs> hey, come back here! <coughs> Don't you get away from me! <coughs> Aha! Gotcha! <coughs> Ow! Well, your chase is over. Because throughout the week, WMUL plays many genres of music. From hip-hop to jazz to many flavors of alternative, WMUL has just what you're looking for. So don't be like this guy. Stop it, goose! <coughs> Tune in to 88.1 WMUL, <coughs> the cutting edge. Sports View is an award-winning program produced by the FM88 Sports Team. On this edition of Sports View, Justin Zimmer will interview Evan White and Abby Hearing from the Marshall Cross Country Team. The Herd Cross Country teams only have one meet left before heading to Charlotte, North Carolina for the Conference USA Cross Country Championships and potentially secure a spot at the NCAA Mid-Atlantic Regionals in Pennsylvania. Sports View will air at 6.30 right here on WMUL 88.1 FM. This is Sports View, WMUL's premier sports talk show featuring guests from Thundering Herd Athletics. Sports View is presented by the award-winning FM 88 Sports Team. Now, here's tonight's host of Sports View. Head coach Caleb Bowen, junior Abigail Herring, a junior from Park, Parkersburg, West Virginia, and Evan White, a junior from Millsford, Michigan. Good evening. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having us. So, Coach, let's start off with the, the overall season. I mean, you know, so far you guys have had numerous top – the women's team has finished at least in the top, top, top ten almost every meet. Abby's been your top finisher on the women's side. Evan's been the top finisher on the men's side, the two meets he's competed in. So just an overall state of the program, just as you guys head into this last little stretch of meets. Yeah, it's an exciting time. Uh, we were able to uh, do pretty well at the Louisville Classic this past uh, weekend. And it's just it's fun to see the, how the season's progressed so far. Uh, you know, we started off here at Virginia Tech, which was a really small meet, just a couple of teams, but really good teams with Virginia Tech, Radford, a couple of others. And then uh, we went to the UVA uh, Invitational as well just two weeks later and face against some of the best teams in the southeast and the mid-Atlantic region. So we've definitely seen our fair share of competition up to this point, and you know, we're going to see a lot of good competition here at High Point this uh, Friday. You know, teams from like Radford, Duke, UNC, uh, Campbell, Appalachian State. You know, it's a lot of teams from the southeast region that uh, we compete against a lot. So uh, it's going to be a good opportunity for us to you look ahead and get ready for the conference meet. This is a smaller meet with only 14 teams. So it'll be a good competitive but small meet atmosphere. And Coach, and you and I have spoken about this numerous times, about how competitive this region is. You have a lot of good cross-country schools in this, like within the mid-Atlantic region. So what's it, what's it like for you guys like when you're scheduling going to these meets, knowing that your, your athletes are going to be up against some of the best runners in, 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 throughout the region, which you'll see 
potentially in the NCAA regional. Yeah, I mean, it, we're at an unfortunate spot being south, like the most southern school in our region. So we face against the, the southeast region a whole lot more than our actual region, which is the mid-Atlantic. Uh, and we do that just based basically because it's, it takes so long to drive to some of the you know, schools in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and all that. Uh, so we just try to find the most competitive meets you know, within the five-hour radius that we can. And I'll start off with Abigail. I mean, she, she, won, she won the Live and Blue Classic back on October 2nd. Woo! <laughs> the first winner of the Live and Blue Classic before, before Jordan, Jordan did back in, back in about 2010-2012. So Abigail, let's talk, let's talk about your season. You've been the top finisher in every meet on the women's side for your team. Just talk about the success that you've had this season. Um, yeah, I have been the top finisher, but we've also had like a ton of other girls do well on our team too. I think that with the group that we have right now, um, all of our girls are so close together, so it makes trading a lot easier having such a big pack to run with. And Evan, you know, you have the top finisher on the women's side. Evan, it's been the top two top finish of the past two meets did not compete at Virginia Tech so Evan you know your first two meets back from the spring how's it been you've been the top finisher you've been leading the, men, the men's side oh it's been it's been an interesting season I came in uh hurt I had a uh, slight injury with my knee but we got it all figured out now and the past two races I've ran in I've been feeling really good feeling really strong and I'm excited just to see how far the men's team can progress because every day we're getting better and better and we have hopefully we'll do extremely well at conference and at regionals this year. And coach, I want, I want to go to you talking about the success of the overall team. You, you, you look back from 2019, this the, your program it's been in the top ranking of at least at least in your meets that you've been competing in. So the program you guys have had a lot of success. How do you guys though, try to continue building a winning tradition when, when you guys are already having success in the, in the past couple of years? Uh, well, a lot of it's recruiting. I mean, you got to recruit good kids that buy into the program. You got to get good kids that are going to work hard, uh, you know, dig deep on race day. Uh, that's, I mean, that's essentially what's it. And then just try to feed into that culture of just working really hard and getting better each week. Um, you know, we try to schedule our meets as well as we can to set our teams up for the conference and regional championship. Uh, that's one thing that the, the men's team does really well is peak for the uh, conference championship. Uh, so, like, in 2019, our men's team is probably the best it's ever been. Uh, we had, you know, really good seniors on that team with Dan Green, Alex Miner, uh, and uh, who else? Anyway, we had a really good, solid uh, core of senior-led guys, and now we're seeing that with the junior class right now. You know, they're progressing and challenging each other to be better. And, yeah, we've had some unfortunate things happen. Uh, COVID was really hard on the men's team because they weren't able to compete for – over a year, uh, and then like last year, we were only ha allowed to have three meets. So, basically, it's been two years since they've really been back into it. Uh, where the women, they did compete in the spring and winter. So, you know, it's going to take a good time to get them to where they can be. But we're definitely we're in it for the long haul, and that's a fun atmosphere to be in. Evan, talk about the conditioning aspect as you guys are in this last month of, of, of really your season because you guys start in September. The conference championships at the end of October. So, how are you guys getting ready to reach that peak performance in a couple of weeks for the conference for the conference championship, and then hopefully a regional berth? Uh, we've been training really hard. Basically, we start off our summer training usually a lot of high mileage, a lot of long uh, endurance building miles. And right now, we're starting to cut our mileage down, starting to work. Uh, more on speed. We've got the endurance, so now it's time to work on the speed and get faster. So when it comes down 
uh, to the conference meet. We got the endurance, and then we got the speed. So at that point, it's just we're the best. We're at the we're at the best physical fitness we are at, and it's just maintaining it all the way through the conference and regional. And Abigail, I'll talk about you on the women's side. I mean, you, you guys are you, you know you've had a very successful season. The women's team has had a very successful season. Two top ten finishes in the in the first two meets. So how do you guys get ready? You know, you, you have one more meet, one final tune-up this weekend at High Point before the conference tournament. How do you guys try to get ready for this last couple weeks stretch? Um, kind of following up with what Evan said, I guess our training started, I mean, beginning of summer. Like, we're all just hitting our mileage, stuff like that. And, um, yeah, the girls have been working pretty hard. Uh, Coach Caleb, he makes our training plan, so we're going to peak at conference. So we've been having some really rough workouts, mileage, stuff like that. And, um as we get closer to conference, we'll be at our peak, our best fitness level. And coach, I want to, they both credit you for the training plans. You know, how do you construct the training plans? Because you have, you have about over 10 athletes on each side. How do you try to construct the training? Is it more team-based or is it more individualistic based with, with the construction of the plan? A little bit of both. Um, I definitely try to individualize the training as much as possible. Because, uh, you know, Evan's very different from Jacob Barakas, and Jacob's a lot different from other guys on the team. Same thing on the women. I mean, we have such a wide variety of talent levels and what people are good at. You know, we have Tori Dotson, who's more of an 800 runner, but she's, you know, up there in our top seven on the cross-country side. So she's more of a low-mileage type runner. Then, you know, Abby's actually probably more of a low-mileage runner, but then we have Kylie and Sydney who are more high-mileage. So... Figuring that all out, usually I do a lot of the work before the season starts, and then I send a weekly schedule that shows the you know, training for each week, and just you know make a little amendments to that each week. So if we see that we need to cut some things down, we can, or if we need to add some things, we can. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, trying to get all the necessary uh, tools that you need to perform well at the conference and regional championship. And you know, like Evan said, endurance is a big part of it. Speed's a big part of it. You know, something that I preach is lactate threshold. That's a huge part of it. VO2 uh, max. I mean, there's a ton of you know, physiological stuff that goes on with it and, and the psychological part as well, trying to get them geared up to be able to mentally bring their A game when it ma matters. So there's a lot of components that I can't bore you with because it takes so long. But uh, it, it's a long process, and it's an ongoing process. It's definitely nothing set in stone. We like to amend things all the time. And coach, you talk about the short distance and long distance running. You know, a lot of these athletes, you know, right after cross country season, a lot of these athletes are going to do track and field. Mm -hmm. And so now you're at that point in the season, and I'll start with you before I get to Abigail and Evan on this. You're at the point in the season where you're, you're getting near that transition point of where you're gonna, they're going to go, they're going from these like 8K, 5K races to where now the races might be the 1500 meter, the 800, mm -hmm. the 100 meter. You talk about Tori Dotson has set numerous records a season ago. How do you all start now preparing to get these runners to go from this very long these long distance meets to now these very short races that, that that's going to be green, waiting for them in the spring? Well, track is a beautiful thing because there are so many events. You you have everything from the you know 100 or 60 to the 10k. So and we have steeplechase, which adds you know water barriers and hurdles. So we find first off, I always meet with the kids and they we talk about goals. So I will base everything we do based off their goals. Uh, so if, you know, say Abby wants to do steeplechase, you know, we'll gear her, you know, workouts for that. Um, same for like the 1500, 800, 5k, whatever it is. 
so for the men, we usually focus more on the 5K, the 10K, although Evan here has definitely expressed interest in the 1500. Uh, so we'll gear all of our training towards, you know, 15 to 5K training. We're in same for Abby. She really excels at the 1500 and only ran two 5Ks but did really well. So, like, that will be a, uh, something we'll probably do a little bit more of. So it's just trying to figure out what they want to do, what they're best at, and try to put them together. Evan, you talked about Coach Kip, Coach Bowden talked about how you, how you want to do the 1500 meter. What made you decide that you want to try the 1500 meter out? Oh, well, in high school, I was a uh, primarily two-miler. My whole high school career, I was training for the two-mile. And now that I'm in college, I have that a little bit more. Uh, we don't have a men's track team, so I have a little bit more uh, say in what I can be able to do because we're not competing for a conference championship or points at the conference or regionals or anything above that. So I see track as more of an opportunity to work on speed. So I get to work on a lot of fast-paced speed workouts, which I don't get to uh, really work on a whole lot in cross-country because cross-country we're running 8Ks, which is like 4.9 miles, and then I can train for something uh, during the spring that's a lot more fast-paced, get my legs uh, faster moving so I can, so when it comes back time to go into cross-country, I can, I know the pace, I know my body can handle going four flat and a mile, so it's basically just that mentality of being able to know that you can run those faster paces. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw this to you because, you know, you're, you're at the 1500 meter, now you're doing these long kilometer races that we talked about. How do you begin getting ready for the conditioning for the for the spring season, the spring track season, or is that a process that you'll that you'll start as soon as the conference championship beats over? Um, I would say it's pretty gradual in a sense. Like leading up to conference, we'll start throwing in some um, lower repeats of let's say like a 400 or an 800 stuff like that rather than just like longer tempo runs. And so it's kind of gradual in that sense. But once we hit track season, it's like all of your workouts are going to be on the track. Like you're going to be doing a lot of intervals. And so I think the, the speed training for the 1500 kind of begins now leading up to conference. And I want to get into to, to, to your two stories because you both have, you both, you know, Abigail Herring, a native of Parkersburg, West Virginia, Evan White, a native of Midsford, Michigan, both juniors. Seven, I want to start with you. Talk about your recruiting journey. Talk about the process. What made you want to come to Marshall? Oh, well, basically, it was my senior year uh, summer. I really started uh, going into my senior year. I really started looking at recruiting. And at that time, basically, with running, uh, with running cross-country and track, a lot of coaches only look at really your track times. They'll look at your cross-country, but cross-country is very hard to determine, like your fitness and capability, because I could go run 15 flat on a course that's super flat and super short, and then someone can go run 16 flat or 18 flat. We can run significantly slower, but at a much harder and a lot a longer grueling course. So basically going into the track season, I I had some pretty I had some really good meets going into my senior year summer. I ran on 9.15 as a junior in high school. So I had a lot of different opportunities looking. And when I came to Marshall, I came down for um, the homecoming game. <laughs> And basically, I was walking around campus. I was being toured by uh, Caleb Bowen and um, Dan Green, a whole bunch of the sophomores. And basically, the whole team was around there. And a huge factor for me was the academics here. Uh, I actually met uh, Dr. Bora at, a, at the tailgate for the <laughs> football game. And I was not supposed to meet him that day. He was like, oh, we're at the, 
he's not here. It's homecoming, so he's not going to be here. I can't meet with him. And I actually accidentally ran into him at the homecoming tailgate, and he introduced himself, basically talked about the whole program, super approachable, super nice. And the biggest thing for me was I came back probably three, four weeks later, and he remembered who I was and was like, hey, Evan, how you doing? And it was that personal connection I had with Marshall and uh, Dr. Boris. So that was a huge factor. And then I was I was torn between here and going to Lake Superior State and back in Michigan. And when it came down to time, I think I had a half hour before my deadline was due for uh, that, for the paperwork. And Caleb told me, he said, we'll extend it. We'll take as long as you want. We really want you, and we want you to make the right decision. And that was a big factor in me showing that the people here really do care. Man, Miguel, we'll talk about you, a native of Parkersburg, West Virginia. What made you decide to come to Marshall? Um, my story is a little bit different than Evan's. I had a little bit of like a rocky high school. Oh, okay. Um, a little bit um, different story than Evan's. I um, I had a little bit of a rock, rocky high school running career, so I had PR'd personal record my freshman year of high school and hadn't ran like anywhere near those times again after that and so not a lot of college coaches talked to me just because I wasn't very consistent but coach Caleb was one of the ones who reached out and kind of was persistent about recruiting and um yeah it was uh I want to stay close to home I loved the academic programs here the team atmosphere was awesome you know home Huntington itself is kind of like a homey atmosphere. You'll go to Fat Patties and everyone have a green shirt on. Like everyone, everyone loves Marshall. So that was a big factor for me. And we're going to take a quick break. We will come back. We'll talk to Coach Bone about his recruiting process in a couple, in a couple minutes. But first, you're listening to Sports View on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Are you seeing this? Yes, it seems like some sort of... There's someone here. What? It sounds like alternative and hip-hop. And jazz and blues. Mm. Is that award-winning news of sports? Gee Wilkers, Batman. What's going on? It's... it's green. It's white. It's WNUL. 88.1. Saving the world from bad radio. And where's Ari Dent? Golly, there's nothing to do. Wally is at baseball practice. Jane has her piano lesson. It's Friday afternoon and Timmy's having a little trouble with boredom. You know, Timmy, the best way to beat boredom is... Join an after-school program? Nice try. Take Sue to the malt shop? Not quite. Well, what is it? Listening to WMUL, of course. Why didn't I think of that? 88.1, right? You're catching on. Boredom will be a thing of the past once you listen to 88.1 WMUL. Welcome back to Sports View. I'm Justin Zimmer, joined by members of Marshall's cross-country team, Junior Abigail Herring, head coach Kale Bowen, and Junior Evan White. We were talking about recruiting a little bit before the break. I, I didn't get a chance to talk to, to Coach about the recruiting process on, on your end. You have two stellar athletes here who have done a phenomenal job here at Marshall. Talk about your recruiting process, about how, you're, how you try to bring in these athletes to Marshall, at least on the cross-country side. Uh, yeah, so a big thing for me is being able to watch them at track meets and cross-country meets. Because you see a lot of different things whenever you see them compete and then after they compete. So you, you watch them run, you watch them, you know, say they PR. 
how do they celebrate? Do they celebrate with their teammates? Do they kind of do their own thing? You know, I always look at that. And then it, say if it's a bad race, you know, I always look at that as well. So if they didn't PR, if they didn't run very well, are they sulking you know, by themselves? Do they blow off their team? I really want to make a great team atmosphere where people are really, you know, supportive of their teammates. So I always just, you know, take a gander at what they're doing after the races. Um, and it usually it makes them feel pretty good whenever I drive a, like a long distance to watch them run. Like I watched Evan run as his conference meet. It was a good little drive up to Milford, Michigan, but it was worth it. Um, anyway, Abby's a little bit closer, so walk, you know, going to uh, Parkersburg, the uh, Chick-fil-A course, I watch her there and a few other times as well. But, uh, yeah, it's, for me, the recruiting process is just trying to get the best people in that will fit in with our, with our group. Because um, the last thing I want is bring a really talented kid and they don't enjoy it and they end up you know hating the sport. So I want to make sure that it's a right fit for us and a right fit for them. You know, and like he was talking about, Evan was talking about, uh, you know, Dr. Bora. It was just by chance because he literally did uh, cancel our our appointment that we had just because of his homecoming. He wasn't sure what he was going to be able to do, and he ended up we ended up running into him and they spoke for like 30 minutes. And then for the whole next week, he was talking about Evan. You know, it asked me how he's doing, and then he came back for another visit, and you know, of course he remembered him because he talked about him for like over an hour. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's the great thing about Marshall is like the the professors care, the community cares, and obviously we coaches care. So th these athletes are really well supported. And talk about the academic side. I want to get to both the athletes here. You know, Evan, you got you look I'll get Abby on this as well. Evan, I mean, majority of your meets are on, are on Fridays. You know, you have majority of meets on weekends. You're gone about a couple of days a week. How do you guys, how do you try to build those relationships with your professors knowing that you might, you might miss a class, you might miss a test, you might miss a quiz? Oh, well, what I do is I sit right in the front row and first day of class, I go introduce myself and basically tell them that I'm on the men's cross country team. And then I, we get an itinerary saying that we'll be missing these dates. And I tell them in advance, we go well over a week in advance telling them that I'm missing these days. What can I do to make up uh, the work that I'm be missing or like, what can I do? And then also, I'm double majoring in criminal justice and park and recreational management. And I build really good bonds with all the professors in those uh, fields. In my uh, park and recreational management class, there's only two professors, so I know them very well. And they're very understanding, so that's also very uh, helpful. And in the criminal justice, they're very well understanding professors. And they're willing to work with you as long as you're going to be able to put, as long as you put in the work with them and, Basically, they're really understanding if you approach them first and actually try to work with them. How about you, Abigail? How about your experience? Yeah, so I am in elementary education, and so they have pretty much very small class sizes. So I know all my professors, um, I kind of do the same thing as Evan, you know, introduce yourself on the first day, let them know you're on the women's cross country and track team. These are the days you're going to miss. How can I make this up? Just give them a heads up. Um, typically, we'll travel on Fridays or Thursdays typically towards on the end of the week on a Friday. So I try and build my class schedule around that, you know, do Tuesday, Thursday classes, Monday, Wednesday. But if there is a Friday class in there, you know, you just have to sort of work around it. And with the class sizes being so small and the professors being great here, it's not a problem. I kind of want to get on to this other point real quick about it, as we're getting into a lot of portion of the interview. I want to talk about goals for the rest of the season. You guys have had a very successful season so far. Just for each of you, like, what's like one goal that you have for the for the for the remaining two mates? We'll start off with this one with the coach. Oh, okay. 
Uh, let's see. So for high point, yeah, I really want to simulate how the conference meet is going to be. So because the field size is going to be similar, um, you know, I really want the girls to be in the top like three to five teams in that in that race. Uh, men probably more like top six to seven, just based off on the teams that are coming, uh, and really just get them used to racing against competition that will be like at the conference meet. So. Because you know, in the all grand scheme of things, I really want us to do our best that we've ever done in the history of Marshall at the conference meet. So that means the highest finish with the, you know, best, you know, best one through five split and having the most all-conference runners. And I think we're, I mean, I'm doing everything I can to put us in a position to do that. So, yeah, and then the regional, it's a little bit different just since we haven't competed against really any of those schools except for at the UVA meet. Uh, it's a little bit harder to gauge, and you know the band go from 8k to 10k, which is really difficult for them because it's adding two more k to the race. Whereas the women will go from 5k to 6k, and that's not—it's hard, but it's not nearly as tough. So, you know, that, the regional meet has a little more question marks to it, but we do train to be able to do both 8k and 10k, and for the women, 5k and 6. So, just try and gear up for the conference meet as best we can. Evan, how about you? Well, we're looking. Right now, we're all looking really strong. We got a couple guys coming back. Kind of came back a little banged up from the summer, but everybody's running really well right now. And basically, I think we have a really good shot having quite a few up in the higher portions of the race for conferences. And I think that we can have a really good shot at placing very high at conference. And that's always our goal is to do the best we can possibly at conferences. That's what we train for all year. And then we go to regionals, and it's basically we're going from uh, 8K to 10K, and that's a it's a pretty uh, farewell big jump. And when we go to regionals, it's just last year we're on and see what we can run, as, run as fast as we can and just have a good time. And there we go. Oh. Um, kind of following up both of them said, uh, we had two all-conference girls last year, and I think that we could add maybe one or two in there. I think that we could have three or four more all-conference places. And as well as the team goes, I think we can place pretty well. We've done all the training leading up to it. We've had great workouts. We've had a really tight group. So I think that's a good goal. Talk about goals. You get ready for the next couple of meets. High point this this weekend. So I want to get to the athletes. We've heard Coach, you know, one gets fifth and seventh around the top half. We'll start with you, Abigail. Like, what's your goal this week for high point? You know, you have, you have a meeting about a couple of hours. Yeah, um, I would say placing the top portion of the meet, uh, I'm not too sure. I think this course might be a little bit hillier, so we'll shoot for a PR, but if not, you know, get them next time. Evan? Um, I'm looking forward to just be able to get out and race. Uh, I got banged up a couple of weeks ago, and I'm just getting over that right now, but I'm feeling really strong, so I just want to go out and be able to see what I can do and compete uh, as, hard and, as hard and as fast as I possibly can to basically get myself ready for conference. Uh, so it's basically just get in there and grind and see what I can do. I want to end with an interesting question, and I find this fascinating with every athlete. You know, you, rep you represent Marshall. This is a community that's, number one, heavy in athletics. They, lo they love their teams. What does it mean for you all? Uh, I'll change it for coach, the coach here at Marshall. I'll start off with, with Abigail on this one. Like, what does it mean for you all? What does it mean for you to represent the university? Yeah, to represent Marshall, I feel like, is a pretty big deal. The athletes in Huntington are very, like, well they're very well known. Like you'll go somewhere and you'll say, oh, I'm on the track team, I'm on the cross country team. People think you're a superstar here. But um, yeah, it, it means a lot. I mean, people know who you are, whether 
it's local runners or just people around town. So it's a, it's a pretty big achievement to be an athlete here. Coach, what's it like for you? You, you coach these athletes, but you also bring them into this, to this environment. What's it like for you? Well, uh, Marshall's my alma mater as well. So being able to walk on uh, back in 2011, and this is, a, this is a school that my, both my parents you know, went to, my sister went to as well. Pretty much it's a family you know, school for me. So being able to represent as an athlete was huge. I mean, you know, there's so much history at Marshall, you know, with the plane crash and everything. You know, really the athletic department itself is just really tied in together. And then just having the opportunity to coach where I ran. I mean, that's just amazing. Uh, you know, recruits ask me all the time, like, will I stay? I'm like, heck yeah, I'll stay. Like, this is like where I want to be. So just being able to work with these athletes as well. I mean, I'm really blessed to have such a great, you know, group of uh, guys and girls that really love the sport. You want to get better. You know, they're going to dig deep every day and train together. I mean, it's it's just an awesome, awesome experience. And we'll wrap it up with Evan. Uh, I've looked at I've looked at schools all across the country, and I have not found another school that has the support that the community gives to these to the athletes here. It is just incredible, and it's such a great honor to run here and be part of Marshall because you don't have the school just backing you, but you also have the whole community. And you'll go out on a run, and you'll have 10, 15 people. You'll run by, and they'll cheer for you, and it's <laughs> just a great feeling being part of a great community. Abigail Herring, Co Coach Caleb Bowen, Evan White, thank you for joining us tonight. Best of luck this weekend at High Point with the uh, Cross Invitational. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank Thanks. You. I appreciate it. And that will do it for this half of Sports View. Coming up next, Ryan Cirk will have the Marshall Sports Update with a men's golf recap, and then men's golf will be right in, the, in those seats. You're listening to Sports View on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. the worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Luke takes it away. He has a two-on-one. Gets it up to Kelly, and Kelly slams it home off the right side. Gordon kicks it to Matt Freeman, and Freeman spots up and scores. Matt Freeman, golden goal for the herd, and the herd is still alive. Quarter spot up three. That's on the way in and out of the cylinder. No good. But Scott with the follow, the finish, and the foul. Down to the 40, to the 30, to the 20, the 10, 5, touchdown, thundering herd. A 93-yard kickoff return for the redshirt senior, DeAndre Reeves. Closito sends it near side in the near side corner, and it's a goal in the win for Marshall. One-two delivery on the way. This one's sent for a ride. Dropping back at the wall. Northfleet looks up. Watch it fly. It's out of here. A home run. A walk-off two-run bomb from Emily Cooper. WMUL-FM, Huntington. really dragging. I think I'm going to try some of those energy shots everybody's talking about. How about trying WMUL Energy instead? WMUL Energy? What's that? Only the best energy you can get. What flavors does it have? It comes in seven exciting flavors. Bluesberry, Jazz Pizzazz, Absolute Alternative, Resilient Rock, Ultimate Urban, Rejuvenating Gospel, and Moxie Mornings. <laughs> 
Available everywhere WMUL-FM's energy may be heard. The Thundering Herd came off three consecutive high-placed finishes. The Herd finished the Eastern Kentucky Fall into Collegiate in fifth place, while Marshall also won the Joe Feagans Marshall Invitational. The Herd had another strong showing in the River Run Intercollegiate after finishing second of 16 teams. However, the Pete Dye course was not going to be an easy challenge for the golfers. Like I said, this team does a really, really good job of playing aggressive, and Pete Dye kind of demands that. If you go to Pete Dye without a strategy, and you just try to guide the golf ball around, and you try to stay away from trouble, that's when he gets you. You've got to kind of go after him. You've got to kind of look at the hole and say, this is exactly where I want to be, and that's going to give me the best shot to this whole location. And I think the guys did a really good job of that. The Herd struggled on the first day of competition, finishing tied for eighth out of 12 teams. The team would also have to adjust its strategy to have a better finish in the final day of competition. Every hole presents something different for every player, so we try to find the best game plan for that guy to get through the holes. They all played the golf course differently with the type of shots they played into certain hole locations, but for the most part, the idea is to get yourself in the best position off the tee. An important second day of competition surged the herd up the rankings and led them to a fifth-place finish among the 12 teams that participated. A true freshman, Ryan Bilby, led the comeback by shooting a solid 67. Ultimately, it took a complete team effort to forge a comeback and finish strong. Very, very pleasantly surprised with Ryan Bilby, 67. Uh, now, he has some experience around Pete Dye, so there's probably a little bit of an advantage there. But you don't get many freshmen that shoot 67s at Pete Dye. I felt like that was, that was a really, really good round. You know, watching Tyler roll off. You know, five birdies in his last seven holes was pretty impressive. Watching Brett make seven birdies that final day was impressive. Noah improving every day was, was really, really good. The Thundering Herd will look to continue the momentum it gained in the final round to have a successful tournament in Dayton, Ohio. For FM 88 Sports, I'm Ryan Sirk. The adventure of a lifetime. <laughs> Destiny will be revealed. Bear witness to a living legend. We've got to get out of here. I know! It's coming! No. It's here. The Cutting Edge. Slicing through the airwaves to a radio near you. WMUL 88.1 FM. Hello and welcome back to... Sports View. I'm your host, Ryan Sirk. Joined alongside me is Kyle Mitchell, Isaac Bryan, and Coach Grobe from the Marshall men's golf team. T to get started, Coach, what, what sort of things is the team looking forward to in the, la the last event of the season? Well, we've had a little bit of a break, which is kind of nice. Uh, some of the guys, we had quite a bit going on with uh, you know, four weeks and, uh, of, of playing out of a five-week span there. So it's kind of nice to get back home. We've had a about a week now to start, uh, you know, getting a little bit of uh, practice in, uh, get some qualifying in, and try to get ready to uh, to leave on Saturday to head to Dayton. And what is the difference between the fall season and the spring season? I know you, you play in both 
semester. So what's the difference? Well, I, I, you know, I think the fall season, we probably come in playing a little bit better, but I think our guys are a little bit exhausted. You know, we went through the spring and then they've all got really, really competitive summers and they come in and we immediately get going in the fall. So as we get towards the end of the fall, what I kind of see is seems like the guys are, are, are a little bit more tired. So we're trying to kind of keep them fresh. Uh, by the time the spring gets here, you know, typically over the winter, we hope that we have a kind of a, the weather is, is nicer to us over the winter time so we can get out on the golf course. And I think when the springtime gets here, the guys are a little bit more re rejuvenated and ready to go in the spring. And Kyle and Isaac, what kind of things will you be looking forward to improving heading into the spring season? Um, the spring season is definitely like one of the, it's definitely the season that's hardest to prepare for being that in the, winter time like you you can't really see your ball flight you can't get out and play all the time so you're really focusing on mechanics and really getting your mind right so basically this winter time I'm going to be focused on my getting my swing right and making sure my mind is mentally prepared for the spring yeah I agree with Kyle um, coming out of the winter is tough especially in the spring but overall having being seniors uh, we've been through it for three and a half going on our fourth year now of this so uh, we can come out strong and help the team out then and get the younger guys ready that have been traveling uh, give them the idea of what it's going to be like that'll be key for us to get off to a hot start in the spring and golf is a very mental sport you could say so what is the importance of a good routine and if something isn't going right how do you bounce back from that um for me, routine always uh, allows me to like draw back on like my mechanics and what I work on in practice. And having that routine gives you that confidence that you can execute a shot or be prepared for anything that you may face when you're on the golf course. So mentally, coming into a tournament or coming into a golf shot, um, just having that confidence and being mentally prepared for that is pretty key. Yeah, it's important over the winter to just keep driving what you've been working for uh, all spring um, and the summer leading up to the fall. Um, you just can't get away from what you've been doing. And it's also important to realize that in the spring, when we're traveling in February, March, and early April, the weather is not friendly. So you just have to realize that if you can go out there with that attitude that the weather may be horrible, uh, you tend to have a couple more shots ahead of the other uh, guys in the field. And staying on, on this topic, Coach, we talked a little bit about starting events off strong. So how have you been able to, to keep the guys focused after not starting off strong in the last event? Well, you know, like you and I talked about, Ryan, I, I try not to make it something that we're thinking about because I think if you think, hey, we've really got to get off to a good start if it doesn't, uh, now all of a sudden the guys are starting to worry a little bit. So you, know, you just kind of try to use the momentum of those last rounds and try to get that feeling back. Like, you know, what did, what did we do? You know, how was your warm-up session that morning? What thoughts were you going through? And try to kind of go from that. And so – you know, from a coach's perspective, you really don't necessarily want to bring up the bad. The main thing I want to do is make sure they understand that we've got the ability to play really good. So uh, let's just go out there and, and compete for 54 holes and give it everything we got. And this team, it seems there's a strong leadership group. So Kyle and Isaac, can you tell me what it's like to have some of the younger players look up to you? Um, yeah, so coming into my freshman year, like I always had the seniors on the team that kind of showed me the way, what it's like to travel, what it's like to practice. Um, how to manage your game like on the road, how to manage like schoolwork. 
And this year, like, or Isaac and I have had the opportunity to, like, um, we have basically seven freshmen this year. So it's pretty cool having that opportunity to really um, show them what it's like and be there for the support, be there for support if they need it and make sure that they're as prepared as possible. Yeah, uh, to touch up on Kyle's point, um, as a freshman, we had uh, a senior and a super senior, and they both helped us out a lot just growing up into being uh, men pretty much. And what I like about the group of guys that we have that are our seven freshmen in a sense is they're all 19, 18 years old, and they act like they're 20, 21, 22. They know they've got the ability to do it, and they act like they've been there. And I think that's the reason why we've been playing so well this past fall is they're not afraid to step up, as you can see from Ryan in the last tournament at Pete Dye. Um, and there hasn't, there's been adversity in every tournament, and nobody shied, shied away from that. And Kyle, you mentioned schoolwork. It's mm -hmm. something that not a lot of people realize as student athletes that you are a student first. How difficult is it being a student athlete and managing the schoolwork while also playing? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very difficult. Um, I experienced it. I mean, going in as a freshman, um, I was traveling like right away and being on the road, you're away from classes. So you're missing two, three, maybe four classes a week when you're on the road. So keeping up with those classes and making sure that you're not missing any assignments is pretty key. And a lot of people might not think it's very difficult, but it is. And what about for you, Isaac? How did you adjust to coming from high school and now traveling a lot and and having to do a lot of schoolwork? Um, I think personally for me, the best thing that's helped me is having uh, an older brother who's four, almost four years older than I am. So I matured rather quickly in high school. And you just have to realize that there's things you have to buckle down on. And school is one of them because ultimately golf may not be your future after college. But if right now you can realize a way to put school and golf together and get good enough grades to have a nice job one day or maybe golf is for you in the future you it can teach you to be more disciplined on the golf course so ultimately um, balancing your school and your golf it's very difficult but it grows you up for those moments of adversity on the golf course that we see every time and you mentioned having to juggle a, a pretty full schedule so can you take us through a, a day in the life of a men's golf player uh tuesdays and thursdays are tend to be our worst wouldn't you say mm -hmm. um yesterday woke up at 6 15 ate some food went to or went to workouts at 7 a.m and from 7 to 8 we worked out went back showered studied for an exam that i had at 2 um came back uh from class at 3 15 and did homework from 4 to 8 p.m. and kind of just took the day off from golf just to prepare to go on the road. So, you know, you kind of have to realize that sometimes you sacrifice golf to get your grades done so the next couple of days can all be golf uh, before you go on the trip. And it can be a very exhausting thing to do. So, Coach, how have you ever noticed that someone has been burnt out and you give them an extra day off of golf? Well, you know, our guys do a really good job, and, and we're really fortunate at Marshall. Uh, our faculty here are incredible. 
And so, you know, we've got a faculty that understands um, our, our compliance staff sends them and academic staff sends them schedules of when we're going to be competing and when we're going to be gone. And I think that all the teachers here are incredible at working with our guys. So I think it takes a little bit of pressure off when you've got a teacher that understands what they're going through and tries to help them take a test early or take a test when they get back off the road. And so I think the majority of our guys, I always worry about the fall semester because we get back into campus and immediately start competing. Uh, at least in the spring, the guys get a couple of months uh, under their belt where they're able to kind of go to classes and, and get kind of ahead of things. But it feels like in the fall, the guys come right in and we immediately start competing and it's really tough to stay up on it. But I mean, our guys do a really good job. They've been on the uh, GCAA uh, academic all team uh, for like the last six years. So they do a wonderful job and I'm really proud of them. But our academic support staff, I think, has a lot to do with that. And I think our faculty here at Marshall is top notch and really helps our student athletes. And with that, we will take a quick break. You are listening to Sports View on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Tired of missing your favorite WMUL programming? <laughs> no worries. Check out WMUL's online archive at marshall.edu slash WMUL. Every episode of our news and sports programming, every story from the New Center 88 and FM 88 sports teams, and much more. Marshall.edu slash WMUL. The worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back into the Soul Ballroom at the Convention Center in Riviera Maya, Mexico. WMUL welcomes you to the mountain town of Blacksburg, Virginia. We are high here at the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. It's the 2005 Kraft Mac Women's Basketball Tournament. Welcome back to Firestone Stadium in Akron, Ohio. The 2005. Right in the first inning, no score here at Appalachian Power Park. Marshall. WMUL FM. Huntington, the worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the fifth oldest stadium in college football, Nippert Stadium. Buckeye Field, Columbus, Ohio, Thundering Herd, and the 24th-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Here in Raleigh, North Carolina, at Coke Field at Dale Park. At the U.K. Soccer Complex in the heart of bluegrass country, Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome back to Houston, Texas, the site of the 2008 Conference USA Softball Tournament. WMUL-FM. Huntington. Hello and welcome back to Sports View. I'm your host, Ryan Sirk. Joined alongside me is Isaac Prine, Kyle Mitchell, and Coach Grove from the men's golf team. Kyle and Isaac, what made you guys choose Marshall? I know there's a, a lot that goes into the recruiting process, so what ultimate, ultimately made you choose Marshall? Um, I actually wasn't sure that I wanted to play college golf until going into my senior year of high school, and I came out of a really hot summer and was being recruited by a couple of D2 schools in South and North Carolina and Florida, and I had actually verbally committed to a school called Southern Wesleyan that Noah Mullins actually was playing at, so he helped me kind of get my feet uh, wet with the recruiting process, and... I realized after a couple of visits down there, I didn't think it was for me. Um, I wanted to go away from home at the time, but then I decided that, you know, staying in West Virginia was the right place for me. 
And um, after my senior year of competition, coach got a hold of me and mentioned that he could bring me in as a walk-on if I wanted to and decided to come down, visit the campus, and just really enjoyed the atmosphere down here um, with it being small and very unique. And I felt like I could fit in with the guys, knowing uh, Cam and Cole Moore and Thomas Frazier that were on the team. So I felt like it would be a pretty good fit, and they they talked it up, and Coach was incredible uh, on my visit, and I decided to come here. Um, mine was, my recruiting process was pretty interesting, and um, I talked to many schools, and ultimately I ended up taking a gap year, and Coach Grobe was basically the first coach that really gained interest in me, and um, came on a visit, and I knew a lot of guys that were on the team already, being from Columbus, Ohio, and I fell in love with the place right when I came on my visit. I knew right when I left the visit that this was the place where I wanted to be, and so a couple of weeks later, I committed to Marshall, and it's the best decision I made. And Coach, can you talk me through a little bit of the process of recruiting? I know you have a season in both semesters, so how when is it a good time to start recruiting? Well, you know, for us, the majority of the of the recruiting that college coaches do comes in the summertime. Uh, we can't be with our team typically in the summer. They're all at home and they're competing in events. So for me, when the summertime comes, I kind of spend the spring kind of looking at kids that I kind of want to take a look at. And I actually recruited Kyle twice because Kyle was on my radar uh, when he was a senior and then he took the gap year and he went right back onto my radar again. So I was very fortunate uh, that I was that I already he kind of knew what was going on with Kyle when uh, when I went back out and started watching him play. I went up to the Hudson up in uh, in Ohio and watched him play up there. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of how I do it. I look in the spring. I try to see what kind of needs we're looking for. I really try to keep the in-state kids like Isaac. Um, you know, I, I like having kids from Marshall or from uh, from West Virginia come to Marshall. Uh, and then Ohio has been incredible to us. You know, we started with Jake Miller. Uh, when I first got here, Jake started helping me, uh, talking to me about how great golf was in Columbus. And so uh, he helped us bring in Alex Weiss. And then from there on, we just kind of opened up that Columbus channel uh, and just try to bring a lot of guys down from the Columbus, Ohio area and then uh, try to keep the in-state kids. And it's kind of been a really good uh, formula for success for us. And you've had pretty good success recruiting kids that are from West Virginia. How difficult is it to compete with WVU for some of the recruits? Well, I, I think that a lot of kids grow up with WVU being their dream school, and we've got a couple kids that grow up with Marshall being their dream school. So, you know, for me, a lot of times when I'm on the road, Sean Kovic at WVU does a wonderful job recruiting in-state and, uh, and out-of-state as well. And so I, I'll see him on the road quite a bit. And, you know, a lot of times it comes down to programs that kids want. I, I don't think there's necessarily a huge – uh, you know, disconnect with kids, whether it's Marshall or WVU. I think a lot of it comes down to where they think they can play, what they can get their degree in, um, and, and kind of what's offered for them as far as scholarship or walk-on opportunities. So um, I, I think, you know, WVU having a program is actually really, really good for West Virginia golf. I think the West Virginia Golf Association is seeing an uptick from it. We've got two Division I schools uh, in West Virginia that are that are competing in, in, in highly competitive conferences. So I think it really gives just one more opportunity for our West Virginia kids to find a place to play. And Kyle and Isaac, I know – COVID had a bit of an impact on, on a season, and 
the NCAA has said that they will grant an extra year of eligibility. Have you guys decided if you guys will use that extra year or not? Um, I'm kind of on the fence right now whether or not uh, I want to, you know, come or go. But right now, I feel like with the team that we've got and the chemistry that we have here, there was uh, there wouldn't be any reason to go because we're so deep. You never know who could play in the lineup. Um, and there's just no reason in taking a guy out of the lineup uh, that we have on the team uh, that can travel for us. I mean, in our first event when we played 10 guys, um, we felt that the top five guys on the team and the next five guys on the team could go head-to-head -head each week and just flip a coin. I mean, we're all we're very talented from 1 to uh, 12, so... Um, yeah, there's. Just, I, I haven't really made my my decision yet completely, but ultimately, there's a lot of upside to staying. What about you, Kyle? Um, I think basically the same as Isaac. Um, I think that the team that we have here at Marshall is very special, and it's something that um, I love being a part of. And I mean, it'd be very hard for me to leave. Um, I don't really see myself leaving. Um, and I think that the team that we have this year can carry on to next year and could be very special in the future. And Coach, Marshall has seen a lot of success so far this season. So what has what changed from previous years that really solidified that Marshall can be a contender? Uh, you know, I think Isaac kind of touched on it. This is the most depth we've ever had. I mean, from, from 1 to 12, uh, you know, we've got guys that I feel very comfortable putting in the lineup. Um, you know, and we've got a, we got a really talented uh, kid that we're redshirting just because we didn't think he'd, he'd find time to play. So, you know, Clayton Thomas has a ton of ability, but we're going to redshirt him this year because the other 12 are doing such a good job. And so as a coach, this is probably the toughest year I've had because trying to only take six on the road when you know that we've got six at home that could absolutely be there and help us win. Uh, but that competitive spirit and those those kids that we have right now that can all compete are really helping our whole team. So when the team goes on the road, they have confidence because they haven't just had to walk through a qualifier. They've had to actually beat people at home to be able to get on the road. And, and how difficult can it be to rotate a squad or – I mean, having depth is, is very beneficial, but it can also create a bit of a headache for you, Coach. It really is. You know, the, like I said, the biggest problem is it, 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 it kind of is, is very tough to pick guys that go on the road and pick guys that have to stay home. But the good news for us is all 12 of these guys are tournament ready. And so it makes me feel good as a coach that I know they know how to do it. They do it all summer long. They compete at the highest level. They play in their state AMs, their state opens. They try to qualify for national championships in the USAM and the US Open. And so these guys know how to compete. They know how to go on the road. They know how to play practice rounds. So for me as a coach, I know that no matter who I have in the lineup, they know what they're doing. And you mentioned practice rounds. How how important is a score when you're evaluating who to take on a trip or just mechanics and maybe had an off day? Typically what we try to do is I try to take the ones that were on the last trip and played really well, and you go ahead and try to let them come home and practice and get ready for the next event, and you take the ones that maybe didn't play as well as they needed to, and you put them back in qualifying, and you have them play for score against the guys that are at home. And so uh, there's really no, there's no great way to do it. Um, you know, sometimes you, you have a kid that you think really needs to go on the road and he just doesn't play well in qualifying. And so, you know, you're like, okay, well, he's, he can't go to this trip. And you, you hope that he gets some work in. And when you come back in that he finds his way back into the lineup. But the good thing about golf is 
it's really not a coach's feel. Uh, there's a number attached to it, and all the guys on this team are really good about understanding that if you're not shooting the number, uh, it's tough to go on trips. And so it's all about score. So if you're hitting the ball good, but you're not making putts, you got to find a way to make putts. If you're if you're making a you know making a ton of putts, but you're not hitting the ball well, and you're taking penalty strokes, and you got to find a way to hit the ball better and and not take penalty strokes. And so it all comes down to a number. And, and Colin Isaac, with this competition, do you think it has made you better golfers? Um, uh, absolutely. I mean, you have to shoot the scores, but at the same time, I think it's just made us a better team. Um, and the first three years I was here, uh, I could go shoot 74, 75 and confidently think that in the next two rounds or one round of qualifying, I had every shot in the world to qualify for the next event. Uh, but now, you know, you go out there and shoot 74 75 you're seven eight shots back uh from the leader or maybe even the guys that are in second second or third which is it is not easy to come back from uh but it's helped our team a lot because what you have to realize is if you're not traveling your goal is to get better to get back on the road and it forces the guys that come back home that didn't play so hot on the road to play really good at home still because you've got to put a number up for them to beat. And if they beat you, then ultimately you push them hard enough. They deserve to go, and hopefully they'll prepare the team uh, for much success. Um, like what Isaac was saying, I love the competition. Um, I think it's great for this team. It's made everyone better, and I think it makes uh, everyone basically aware of their own games and realizes they can't, they can't make those mistakes that they can typically make when they're just playing a round of golf or something like that. I mean, it, it makes them stay on top of their game at all times. And I think that's really important when you're traveling, too, because if you're at home beating everyone on your team or competing against the competition at home that's really pushing you, then it gets you ready for the competition you're going to face on the road. And what would you guys say is your biggest strength as golfers? Um, personally, I think my biggest strength as a golfer uh, is – I'm just going to say my mental game. There's not really any point while I'm in a tournament or qualifying where I get down on myself and don't believe that I can come in and still qualify. And I think you can hit the ball as good as anybody that can play golf or you can partnership as good as anybody else. But ultimately, if you don't have the confidence, whether you can hit it better than them or not, uh, if you can't go out there with confidence, you have no no shot of playing good that day or any given day in a, any pressure position. Um, I agree with Isaac. Uh, my mental game has always been one of the best parts of my game. Um, but uh, from a skill standpoint, probably my putting. I've always pretty had a pretty good short game and putting game. And how difficult can it be? Because there are a lot of aspects to golf. As you mentioned, putting, there's driving, there's chip shots. There's a, a ton of different shots that you could take. How difficult is it to improve in all facets of the sport? I think overall, um, the trying to improve in every part of the game is what got me in trouble when I first got here. Um, and I've learned as I've grown up that the best thing that you can do is try to keep maybe you hit the you hit drives average. Well, if you can hit the drive average, but your irons are below average, then let's work on hitting the irons and keeping the drive average. You got to build other things up to get one or two huge strengths that can hold around together for you. Because 
once you're at the division one level you can do it you can do it all and you just need to have one thing that is better than anybody else's that you can bounce back to if something's falling apart for you yeah i agree um once you get to this level it's very difficult to really take your game to the next level I feel uh, once you get to this level, you kind your game kind of plateaus, and you got to find different ways that maybe you didn't use in the past that really helps you improve your game. Um, like you see, you see some guys when they get to college, they they really uh, they either find their game and they are able to take their game to the next level. Like Alex Wife's, for example, he's some guy who found his game and really took off running with it. And then there's those guys that. Uh, get to college and they're like, okay, like college is just like college golf is as far as I want to go. And so they find it hard to really take their game to the next level and they give up a little bit. And a big thank you to Kyle Mitchell, Isaac Prine, and Coach Grobe from the men's golf team. Thank you guys for, for joining us today. Thank you, thank Ryan. You. Appreciate thank it. You. That will do it for this edition of Sports View. I'm Ryan Sirk, and you're listening. You, you listen to Sports View on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the award-winning Sports View. Tune in again next week at 7 p.m. for more Sports View on the worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage, WMUL 88.1. You've been listening to another sports presentation on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. You feel like you've known your man forever. You know his full name, his nickname, his pet names. You know his birthday. He likes old school rap more than R&B and anything his mama cooks. 